It's, uh, it's December 5th today. And whereas the Christmas season may have begun as far back as Halloween for some folks, um, the Christmas season is indeed upon us. And, uh, and I say this year to year, um, it's, a very, it's a very jaded and misguided season because there's so many people who participate in Christmas that really don't know what it's about. Um, there's a lot of people who just love the lights and they love the tree and they love the gifts. And, and as far as, as a significant amount of the population is concerned, that's all that's important to them. However, for, for those who believe in God, who call themselves Christians, who believe in Jesus Christ, we know that this time is actually a, 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 very, a time that, that bears reflection. The birth of Jesus. A time that we need to consider, upon many things we need to consider, that our God is a God who fulfills his promises. Because in four weeks, we're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And although there's many ways that God could have sent a Savior to his people, he decided to do that by sending a child. And he sent him as a child because what he wanted and what his hope would be was that his love for us would manifest itself by sending his son to grow as a man who could understand us. The book of Hebrews says we don't have a high priest who can't empathize with our groanings, who can't understand where our sinful nature comes from, where our temptations come from. And so he sent him as a baby. And that makes Christmas super, super important. But there's an even bigger reason behind that. It's a bigger story behind that. And for that, I want to turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 139. And in the beginning of this chapter, it says this. Starting at 139, starting at verse 1. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and you know when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. Verse six says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. What the psalmist is saying is that you are a God who is everywhere all the time. You know every little bit about me. And for me to grasp that there's, a, there's an entity, that there's a being that could know that much about me, I can't possibly grasp the idea. See, for some, that idea brings fear. The idea that there's a God who knows what I'm up to, when I don't think nobody knows what's going on, that's a scary thought. To believe that there's a God who knows all of my, my history, even though I'm trying to be better and I'm trying to change, and I'm trying to grow, that, that's, that's a scary thought to some. 
But it's only scary if we don't receive the gift, which is this man, Jesus, who came to live and came to die so that our sins might be forgiven. Because see, at the end of the psalm, it says this. He's speaking to God. He says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now there is, there is an idea where the believer says, I know you know me, God. And because you know me, I need you. The more I learn about you, is the more I'll learn about myself. And the more I learn about how you would have me be, then I give you access. I give you access into my past. I give you access into my life. And I'm asking you, God, to search my soul, search my heart, search my words, search my actions, search every detail of my life and change the things that you don't agree with. You know, in church, a lot of churches will say, hey, come as you are. A lot of people don't believe that. Come as you are. Whatever position, whatever place you find yourself in, come. Come through the doors. I don't think that's what scares people. I think what scares them is, come as you are but be willing to change. I think that's the part that scares people. The idea that, that you could have a life that's very, very different from the life you're living right now is scary to people because it involves a level of commitment on your part to yourself. It's scary because it means the people that you've been doing life with up until this point, let's say maybe today, Maybe those people aren't ready to move along with you. Which means you might have to leave some people behind. And that's a scary thought. But today being December 5th, 20 short days from the day we're gonna all wake up and whatever situation or circumstances we find ourselves in doesn't change that Christmas day is coming. And if you're bitter towards Christmas because you don't get to participate in the wrong idea of Christmas, then I want to encourage you to consider yourself fortunate. Because without the lights, without the tinsel, without the glamour of Christmas is a baby sitting in a barn, new to the world, who's gonna grow to a man, who's gonna get beaten, spit on, stripped naked. He's gonna get made fun of, he's gonna get insulted. 
He's going to get beat within inches of his life. And then he's going to have to carry a cross about a mile and a half up a hill where his hands and his feet are going to get nailed to that cross. And he's going to do all of that willingly. He's not going to scream. He's not going to complain. He's not going to try to get out of it. And he's going to die. A horrible death. A painful death. And he's going to do that as an innocent man. Because his father willed it that he should suffer for the sins of many. And that many includes you and me. And so today, today's an opportunity to think about the sacrifice that this man made some 2,000 plus years ago and recognize that the gift was for each and every one of us. And so today, a simple prayer. It's as easy as the last couple of verses that I just read to you in Psalm 139. Search me, God. Know my heart. I'm allowing you access into my life. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, that everlasting means you grasp the idea that this time, this place, and this space is temporary. But heaven is real. And it's forever. And so for each and every one of us, we ought to take this time, this Christmas season, to maybe turn our focus on things that we don't have and start thinking about the things that we do have. Namely, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who did not die but rose again to fulfill the scriptures, to allow us an opportunity to start every day, brand new, in pursuit of him. And so that's going to be my prayer for us tonight. That's going to be our conversation through the next few weeks as we celebrate this Christmas season together. And my prayer for each and every one of you is to accept the gift that you've already been given this Christmas season. And that's the gift of salvation and the promise of an eternity with our Father in heaven. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for this time today. We thank you for the hands that prepared an amazing meal, Lord. We thank you for the hands that are here to serve it. But most importantly, Lord, we are grateful for those who are here to receive. We pray that this food will nourish their bodies as God willing, this word did their souls. For each and every one of us, Lord, we are grateful for the opportunity that we have to start every day anew with the hope and the promise of an eternity with you, Lord. We, we love you. We're grateful even though we don't always show it. And we pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters say, Amen, amen and amen. Thank you all so much for your time. I appreciate it. All right, we're getting music back home. This podcast was recorded live and uncut at our Homeless Food Share events. To learn more about Straight Street, visit our website at straightst.org.